This is something I wish I had when I first started out. The unscripted posing app for photographers has everything you need to empower your photography business all in one spot. From posing and prompt inspo to client management, galleries, collaborations, and everything in between. Take photos you love and turn your hobby into your dream business. With a seven-day free trial, listeners of the Oshu podcast can get $20 off a yearly subscription with the discount code CASTY20. So go search unscripted in your app store and download it today. Use the code CASTY20 and start turning your passion into a dream business. So much Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. Today is we're gonna we're gonna do a deep dive today into all the things that you probably don't want to talk about. But I am joined by a guest today. Um, Danielle Johnson is on today's episode, um, and she is like SEO blogging guru. So I'm super excited to have her on today's episode. Like it's gonna be super good. So Danielle, say hi and kind of like introduce yourself. Tell everyone like who you are and what you do. Thank you so much for having me. It's so fun to be here. I love your podcast. And I know a few of the guests that have gone on it and just heard so many good things about you. Um, Yeah, so I am Danielle. I'm a wedding photographer turns creative copywriter. I feel like I never really know what to say when people ask me what my job is, but that's what we're going with right now. SEO specialist, blogging guru, whatever floats your boat, um, whatever Mm -hmm. makes sense to you. And I specialize in working with wedding photographers, creative entrepreneurs, um, mostly wedding pros, just because that's my area of expertise, what I did for a few years. Um, And I just help them improve their organic marketing through SEO optimized blog content, because it's something pretty much every wedding photographer despises that I've met. Um, And I just so believe that SEO is a very very underutilized marketing tool and I need more people to know about it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I went from shooting weddings for a few years when I started college. That's how I originally got my business license. Um, And then COVID hit and I kind of took on some like virtual assistant tasks because the money was gone from all the weddings that year and everything was in disarray for us wedding photographers. Um, And I realized that every one of my clients was having me blog and every one of them absolutely hated it. And I was kind of good at it. Um, So I just kind of like eventually naturally niched down to only offering blogging. Um, And now it's like two years later and I work with a ton of one-on-one clients. I offer, um, I'm working on some SEO and blogging education just because again, I think it's so underutilized and I know we'll dive into it. Um, But Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I'm at. I also dropped out of college to run my business full time. So I've had a bit of a roller coaster the past few years since originally starting as a wedding photographer. Yeah. What you mentioned earlier about like not really knowing what to tell people you do. I kind of feel like that is a good thing. Like it's almost like you're, you're, you have like your toes in like a bunch of different waters or like, you you know, you totally dip your feet in like different types of things. So you kind of have a little bit of everything in your business. And I think that's kind of cool. Like, honestly, when I would describe what I do, I honestly wouldn't even know what to say because like I, do weddings, but you know, I also like do content creation. So it's like, 
literally what do you call yourself um right. so I think that's that's okay yeah it's a good place no to be. I think it's great but when yeah some people will think that blogger means like I'm a like travel blogger or like influencer <laughs> which is great but that's not what I do and then one time I said I was a copywriter and somebody thought I worked with like legal copyright so I just kind of I say whatever yeah. I think the person's gonna understand and we leave it at that <laughs> yeah oh my gosh that is so funny yeah you're over here like blogging travel and like for other people i'm sure <laughs> but that's so funny um cool well i actually wanted to ask you real quick like how did you learn all of your like seo blogging knowledge like where did that kind of come from like did you take classes or like yeah just kind of tell me about that um yeah that's a great question i feel like i've been so all over the place i think around my second year of being a wedding photographer um i don't know if you know between the pine molly um but she's washington based she's a photographer and at that point she was offering like seo mentorships and i somehow followed her and got connected with her um i did like a maybe like month or two seo mentorship with her that just kind of got me the basics um i took the seo is fun course by catalina jean classic i took the um fuel your photos course i did a few other mentorships i think i kind of just like pick and choose like pick and chose every piece of information from different courses different mentorships over the years um I mean, I would say that most of my experience, though, has just come from working with so many one-to-one clients for two years. Mm -hmm. I got all the strategies and everything from different podcast courses, but there's really nothing like just putting it into practice for two years with a bunch of different types of people and seeing what works and what doesn't work. So Mm -hmm. I would say uh, it came from all over the place, to be fully honest. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like experience is like one of the best ways to learn. Like you spent a lot of time like learning from courses and like online education which is so great but like once you go and apply it that's when you really start to learn like this works in this scenario this doesn't work it's almost like you understand more of like the troubleshooting aspect of it like that is totally it's the troubleshooting because I think that a lot of people think especially creatives think that SEO and blogging is like a one-size-fits-all formula and yes you do learn like strategies and tactics um, but you do have to like put it into practice in order to figure out what you need to change like for your personal goals versus somebody else's goals and like figure out what's not working and adapt to that so mm-hmm. yeah I totally agree the troubleshooting and the experience is the best way you're going to get to actually understand it fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive into talking about our first topic, which is blogging. Yay. That's all I talk per- about in my life. I love it. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. You're like, I'm sick of this. Um, personally, I do not like blogging. Like you mentioned, like I feel like all photographers, a lot of photographers just don't like it. To me, it feels repetitive and mundane and in the moment, it kind of feels like useless. It's like, why am I doing this? I feel like no one sees this. Like, that's how I feel about blogging, but it does make a huge difference. So kind of walk me through why you think blogging is important specifically for photographers. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of people don't, a lot of photographers don't really prioritize it simply because it's not instant gratification. Like it is for Instagram with somebody DMing you and booking you right on the spot. It is much more of a long-term game. Um, and I just 
I always say that like the long-term game comes with more long-term gains. That sounds really stupid and cliche, (laughs) but it's very true. Like the life of an Instagram post is so, I feel like it becomes shorter every week. Like the algorithm Mm -hmm. changes every week. I see a story for like, you have a story up for 24 hours, whereas a blog post, um, and a lot of people talk about this with Pinterest too, the lifespan of a blog post is just so much longer. Um, Ultimately, the goal of blogging is not, just to blog because you think you're supposed to. I think that's a lot of um, an issue a lot of photographers run into is they think they should or they know they should. They've heard on a podcast. They hear me tell them they should. But ultimately, we are selfish people. And if we don't see a benefit coming from it, like right away, if we don't fully understand why we're doing it, it's simply not going to be a priority, um, which is why I teach a lot of like why you actually have to give a shit in order to <laughs> – want to blog. Um, you can't just do it because somebody told you to, um, the goal again is not just to blog. The goal is to be creating content that will help your website pop up on Google when a potential client searches something related to what you offer. Um, so for example, I was a Seattle elopement photographer. Um, so I want my website to show up when people search Seattle elopement photographer, um, or when a couple is searching for best Seattle wedding venues, how cool would it be if I popped up with my photography page on that when people are searching for venues. Um, So the goal of all your blogging is not just to blog for the sake of blogging. It is to actually get your website in front of the eyes of people who could be your potential clients. Um, Mm -hmm. A few like the main reasons why SEO optimized blogging is important and valuable marketing. I mean, number one is it's free. Like I feel like a lot of people don't recognize the value in it being a literally free marketing tool. I know nothing about Facebook ads or like paid ads, so I don't even deal with paid marketing, but it's free and it is so much more, like there's so much more long-term gain. So overall, you're just going to see a bigger return on your investment because it's going to benefit you over time. And you're not paying anything upfront to do it unless you're paying for like a mentorship or learning it. Um, Mm -hmm. But Again, your content is just going to be valuable for so much longer. So yeah, not only does your content serve your inquiries and people who are coming to your website, and this is their first impression of you, but you can really use your blog content to serve your booked clients. And I think that's a big benefit that photographers overlook. Um, It's kind of like email templates, right? You're answering the same questions from your clients over and over. um, And that's why you create email templates to save you time. Same thing with blog posts. If somebody's asking you for venue recommendations, instead of just saying, here's my top few and like having to repeat that over and over, you can direct them to a blog post. It's really going to give them in-depth information, continue building that trust with you and continue reassuring their purchase, right? Continue reassuring that deposit they paid, that contract they signed. Um, So free marketing, you can use it for so much longer. You can um, use it to benefit not only inquiries, but booked clients. Um, There are just so many so many benefits and advantages to blogging that I think photographers really overlook. And there's so many reasons why they should care about it as a marketing strategy. Yeah, literally. I love the point you made about it being free marketing. Like I've honestly never thought about it like that. Like I always think of free marketing as like social media, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like that is free marketing, but I guess like it, like SEO and blogging really is free marketing. Like, yeah, yeah. unless you're like (laughs) paying for like, if you don't have a website yet or something like that. Right. Like, I guess you're paying for like your website to be set up. Right. But the actual content you're writing, 
you're writing it. You already have the photos you're taking. You're not paying for it to be on Google, right? All you have to do, all you have to do, all you have to do is follow Google's rules and like strategies that it wants you to do. And that's it. You're not paying a dime. So Mm -hmm. I think that is a really overlooked aspect of it. Oh yeah, for sure. And also the point you made about writing blogs for like your current clients. I've also never thought about it like that either. It's it's almost like you're doing double the work by being like, oh, here's some like a planning tip email that I'm mm-hmm. going to send you. Like, why not literally put that into a blog post so then you can send it to your clients, but also literally put it out into the world. Like that yeah. type of information that you're giving your clients, like why not just give it to everyone else too? Like Right. Like if you are writing that content, you should be repurposing it and like squeezing as much out of that as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, like I wrote a big Sarah elopement guide recently for a client. Um, not only will that like hopefully target people who are looking up big Sarah elopement related searches in Google, um, but any clients of this photographer who are eloping in Big Sur will now have this like really valuable guide. And as Mm -hmm. service providers, all we want is to provide the best experience possible. And if you have all these guides, like a whole resource library full of free tips and tricks that are valuable, that is only going to boost your client's trust in you. Um, Mm -hmm. And same thing with inquiring clients. If they're finding you through Google searches, this is their first impression of you. And so having this library of resources is the first way that you're going to start building that like brand recognition and brand trust. Um, And yeah, there are like a billion different ways that you can repurpose on social media with your current clients. And I think um, not many photographers like squeeze as much life out of every blog post as they can. Yeah, no, for real. I feel like also like social media posts are good to like, it's good to repurpose your blog content. I feel like all over the place. So like, you know, if you have a big Sir elopement guide as a blog post, like then you can turn that into a TikTok and an Instagram reel and a feed post and a caption Mm -hmm. and a story, you know, like you can literally turn it into everything else once you have the content down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for that big Sir elopement guide, that includes like probably content for 20 Instagram captions and like 20 different TikToks, like one Instagram caption per location that we mentioned per hike, like why you should open Big Sur, what the best time is. So you can split that into like, I swear, like a month's worth of Instagram content. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing that. And same thing goes the other way too. If you look back at your Instagram feed, you've probably written a lot of really valuable captions that you can pull topics from. Like if I went back into my Instagram feed and I was struggling to come up with a blog topic. I know I write about each wedding that I post and that can be content that I put into like the intro paragraph of a blog post. Um, so it really goes both ways. Yeah, no, that is genius. I've never thought about it like that. (laughs) It's funny you're talking about this big Sur elopement blog post because I literally have a client who is eloping in Big Sur in May and like back when we were planning it like maybe in like October or something she literally like I didn't have any resources I've literally never shot there so she like found this other photographer's blog posts about Big Sur elopements and like she found a bunch of information from it she sent it to me and was like this is really helpful and I was like oh my gosh like why isn't this chick booking with this photographer (laughs) because obviously they have experience and like they know what they're talking about but um yeah it's just yeah it's funny that you mentioned that because I've literally had an experience with a Big Sur like 
elopement blog posts. That's so funny. It's so random. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, was your blog post like up back then? Like, maybe no, it I, it's being published this week. Like I was okay. writing it literally today. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Okay. Cause I was like, maybe you I never know. But blog. yeah, like if you, if you were obviously she already booked with you, but if you were the one that had that up, that just gives you a leg up on everybody right. else who's literally. out there on Google. Yeah. And if she had not booked me first and went to find that guide first, who knows? Maybe she would have booked this other photographer instead of me because of this blog post that they have. So let's get into some like things to actually do when it comes to blogging. So what are some things that you would recommend all photographers do for blogging? Um, there is so much. And a big thing that I include in my teaching is I just try to teach it in the easiest way possible and like not overwhelm you. So I'll try to give you guys like any listeners, just a few things that you can do and you can always do more. Um, I like to recommend first coming up with like three to four main content pillars. And some of you might've already done this. Like if you've ever gone to a workshop or something, you might have like brand pillars, Um, but come up with like two to four main pillars that all your blog content is going to revolve around. Um, So for example, when I was doing elopements, I would say my content pillars would be Washington elopements, Oregon elopements, um, just general elopement tips and tricks, and then maybe content for fellow photographers that I was writing about. Um, And so just having a few pillars that you can start off with can be really helpful in guiding the content you plan. Um, You can start off by maybe creating one blog per month um, for each of your pillars and then just kind of circle back and repeat the pillars over and over. Um, If you would rather plan your content around like types of blogs rather than pillars, some of the main types of blog types, I don't know, I just kind of categorized them myself and created these, Um, but some types of blog that I recommend photographers start with, I would say blog your favorite galleries at maybe three to five of your favorite venues or locations to shoot at. Um, So find some couples or weddings, elopements, sessions you really loved, um, locations you really want to keep shooting at and blog those first, anywhere you really want to be targeting clients for um, that you have content for. And in these, I really recommend not just writing fluff about love stories. That's one common mistake that I made as a photographer as well. Um, And I see a lot of photographers make is they'll blog a wedding and they will just talk about like how much Jill and John loved each other and how cute it was. And that's great. Like, that's great. Your clients will love that, but that's not what people are searching for on Google, right? You have Mm -hmm. to be putting yourself in the shoes of what is going to be valuable to somebody who's finding me on Google. Um, So instead of talking about the love story, which you can totally still talk about, um, include information about the venue or like um, the timeline, how the timeline went, where the couple stayed, um, what activities they did, what vendors they hired, things that a couple will actually want to know that will help them plan their own wedding. Um, So aside from galleries, I also love creating like venue lists. So if you have a couple like main areas you shoot in, um, let's say like you're a Boston and Chicago wedding photographer, those are your two main areas. You could create two blog posts on the best Chicago wedding venues and best Boston wedding venues. Um, You can also create specific location guides for your favorite locations, like a Mount Rainier elopement guide or a um, how to get married at Yosemite guide. And in these you can, I'm just spitballing, so hopefully you guys are taking notes. Um, (laughs) You guys can include sections like how to travel to this park or area, um, why you should elope there, FAQs, permit information, the best places for ceremonies, um, the best hikes, the best activities, where to stay nearby, the best time of year, 
information about your packages and pricing at that location. Um, there, I will just continue forever with ideas. But a little recap, I would recommend blogging a few of your favorite galleries at your favorite locations, creating a couple of venue guides in your base areas that you shoot most often, and creating a few specific location guides for specific parks or cities or specific venues. Mm-hmm. Did that make sense? I threw yes. a shit ton of stuff out there. Yeah. No, it does make sense. And I think it's important to note that like the location stuff is like so important if you are like yeah. a local photographer, but also like if you're just trying to like book, I don't know, like destination stuff, mm-hmm. like you can really kind of trick the system and you know, if you want to be shooting, I don't know, in Cabo, like mm-hmm. you can be blogging about Cabo. Like Yeah. I and I feel like Oh, sorry. Okay. (laughs) So I feel like even if you haven't been there, like you can still gather enough information. Maybe you don't Mm -hmm. have photos from there, but you can still gather information about like good places to get married and like good places to do photos and where to stay and all that other stuff. You know, like if you, you can just be a good FBI agent and like, you know, you can totally still do your research even if you haven't been there. And even if you have shot somewhere once, like um, a couple examples, I had one client who really wants to shoot more in the Dolomites. um, And she had one Dolomites elopement that she shot. And so we were like, okay, we're going to get as much out of this one elopement as we can. Um, And the elopement was in like the Cicada area. I really don't know how to say that. Um, but we targeted, we wrote about the elopement day, about the location. And in the title, we included Cicada, sorry, elopement <laughs> photographer. And last I checked, she's ranking on page one for a Cicada elopement photographer. And she shot there once. Wow. Like that's it. And so you yeah. can really, if you have any content from anywhere that you like really want to keep shooting, you can use that to your advantage. Um, I had one client who really loves this wedding venue in Cabo. Actually, funny that you mentioned it. And now he ranks like number one for all searches related to that. And he wants to keep shooting there more. And now anybody who searches that will find it. So you can, there are so many ways to be capitalizing on Google searches. And if you do it at all, you're going to have such a leg up on every photographer who's not doing it. (laughs) Literally. I I just feel like it's so powerful, like Mm -hmm. just to be able to rank high for like specific I feel like venues and like specific cities, like that is huge. Like it is. That's what people look for. Like I can't think of like another place that you go to first, maybe Pinterest. Like I could see someone going to Pinterest and looking Mm -hmm. up their venue, but most of the time, like Google, like I'm always Googling things. I don't know why. Cause I, (laughs) I just feel like sometimes Google doesn't always give you the best results, but like Google is my go-to to to get you started. And I mean, if you, it's really good, not only to target like photography related searches, but like we were talking about like venue searches, because often when couples are looking for their photographer, it's like around the same time they're looking for their venue. Mm -hmm. And so if you, I have one client who shoots in, um, on the big island in Oahu and she has like a certain number of venues she really loves and she's ranking like we've focused really hard on her Hawaii blogs and she's ranking within the top five for almost every venue she loves to shoot at and so when you think about it these couples are searching for their venue and they're coming across her and that is so powerful mm-hmm. because they're immediately finding this brand building trust and finding information about that venue as well as a photographer so they're looking to get as much information as they can in one spot. And if you can be the one that's providing all that information, that is so, so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So let's talk about like, if someone doesn't have a blog, 
Um, Because I do know there are some beginners that listen to Mm -hmm. the podcast and like maybe just they have a very basic website right now. Um, So if someone is listening and doesn't have a blog, how would you recommend that they get started with like blog setup and all of that? Yeah. So, I mean, the actual logistical setup is usually pretty easy. Um, If you're in WordPress or Squarespace, Squarespace is the easiest. Um, I think they have a blog page already within Squarespace. As far as the setup goes, I would just go to YouTube. Um, I think you should be placing a little bit more importance on actually like starting your blog versus the setup because that should be pretty easy. Um, But as far as like getting started with your blog, I'll lean a little bit more into that. Um, You should definitely be setting up Google Search Console. So if you don't know what that is, it's basically Google Analytics, but only for organic traffic. Um, And the goal with SEO and blog posts is to build your organic traffic, right? So that is traffic that's only coming from Google Search, no social media or anything. Um, So as soon as you set up your blog, if you already have it set up, make sure you have your Google Search Console set up. It's totally free. Um, you just put in like the code into your website header. Really easy. Just look it up on YouTube. Um, but that will start tracking all of your organic traffic. So do that ASAP if you don't have it set up. Um, you also, it's really important to just get to know the basic SEO terms. Um, if you start trying to dive into blogging without an actual grasp on what the parts of an optimized blog are, chances are you're going to be confused, you might do it wrong, um, and you're just not going to get the most benefit out of your blogging. So I would recommend um, either going to YouTube, I have a free guide with like all the most basic terms and definitions that I can talk to Cassidy about. Um, And then as far as actually starting with your content, I would just start with creating one blog for each of your content pillars. Um, Or you can create one of each type of blog that I mentioned earlier. Does that kind of cover it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's perfect. That- I think it's really hard to get started. Um, and a lot of people think that they're like every blog has to be perfect in order for it to rank. But just mm-hmm. know that like any blog is better than no blog. You can always go back and change it. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect the first go around. So don't let oh, that yeah. stop you from yeah. actually publishing something because a half-assed blog is better than every other photographer who has no blogs no blogs yeah (laughs) it's funny you mentioned google search council because like Mm -hmm. literally i have that right like obviously on like my websites but like i never check it and Mm -hmm. i think like just like remind people out there maybe that already have it set up like maybe go and check it every once in a while just to see like how things are going because you Mm -hmm. know if you start to rank for something like you really want to push that you know like I think I started ranking for this venue and I have a girl that like does my blogging for me so like I started to rank for this venue and she was like oh you're ranking for this venue let's do a couple of more posts Mm -hmm. and I'm like how did you know that and I literally forgot about google search console so yeah you you might not even know you're ranking for things you might have set up google search console like two years ago and have no idea um so go in whether you think you have it set up or not and double check um because it'll tell you things like which pages are getting the most views how long people are spending on your blog posts um and then another great app if you want to do some more like keyword specific tracking which google search console does tell you what keywords you're ranking for um but a great app is seo edge it's a free phone app um i don't think it's on 
computers, but it's a free app for your phone. It's like the most simple, basic keyword tracking app you can have. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you want to get started with like, oh, I want to see how my ranking for Seattle wedding photographer changes over the next few months as I start blogging, it'll tell you like where you're going up and down, what page of Google you're on. Um, So SEO Edge is another great and free tool you can start with right now. Okay. That's awesome. So let's talk about SEO then. So let's kind of dive into that a little more. Um, So first, just for anyone listening that doesn't know, what is SEO? Like just give us the definition. Yeah. So for any beginners out there, SEO stands for search engine optimization. um, And that's just a really fancy and overcomplicated way of saying optimizing your content in a way that makes Google happy, that pleases the Google gods um, and follows its rules. So for this, I'm going to use Google because that's what we all use, but it covers any search engine. Um, So how optimized your content is for SEO is going to affect how Google places your website in the rankings. Um, So the rankings are just whenever you type into something into Google, page one is just the first page of results you get. Um, And SEO looks at the way a website receives organic traffic through search engines, again, not through visits from social media or paid ads. Um, So the ultimate goal of SEO optimization is to follow along with Google's rules in order to get to the top of search results that your clients are typing in. Um, So Google is a business. Google ultimately wants to provide the best best of the best resources and content to its clients. Google's clients are anybody who's searching in Google, right? So everybody in the world, pretty much. Um, Google only wants to provide the best content. So you do have to like work to please Google um, and be creating content that Google thinks is relevant, that follows its like strategies it has in place. Google will be placing you up high if it thinks you are solving a searcher's problem, if it thinks that your website is delivering more high quality content than other websites. Um, There are just so many factors that go into how you're ranking. Um, And the goal is to get on page one, because again, nobody looks at page two. Like I never scroll past page two. Um, Maybe you do, but your clients most likely won't because they're going to find 10 great photographers on page one. So you really Mm -hmm. want to be up high. You want your website to be popping up whenever a potential client searches something related to what you offer. Um, Again, a variety of things go into how Google positions your website. Um, including how long your website has been up, um, what the competing websites look like, how much Google trusts your website to provide good content, um, how long people have spent on your website before. Does it look like people are actually enjoying your website? Um, so it's SEO is a really, really big topic, but I try to narrow it down to the basics um, because you can go into so many hours of SEO education, but you don't need to know everything in order to get started, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was good. That was like a good overview of it. I feel like it's hard not to go in depth. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yes. Like stick to the basics. So Mm -hmm. kind of along those lines, then give me some of like your specific strategies for anyone listening that does want to improve their SEO, you know, wants to rank higher. We, we kind of covered this, but like more towards the SEO side of things. Yeah. So great question. Um, first of all, again, download that SEO edge app because that will get you actually tracking your keywords. Um, I would say for each of your content pillars that you come up with. So after you listen to this podcast, come up with your pillars, come up with five searches related to that pillar that your couples, your clients might be typing in. Um, so for example, if my, one of my content pillars is California elopements, 
I'm going to step in my client's shoes and think through five different things they might be typing into Google that are related to California elopements. Um, so that might be best places to elope in California, um, how to get married in California, best wedding venues in California, best wedding vendors in California, um, what permits I need for a California elopement. Um, so right off the bat, those are five quick things that couples might be searching with each of those, go type it into Google. And what you're going to look at is the people also ask section. So we're just kind of like building ideas off of ideas. So we're starting with your content pillars for each pillar, come up with five keywords for each keyword, type it into Google and see what comes up in the related question search and write those down because those are more keywords. Google is really great at providing you with what people are literally searching in Google. So you have to go to Google. You have to go to the source to see what people are typing in. Mm -hmm. um, does that make sense? Oh, Pillars, yeah. keywords. Yes. People also ask section. <laughs> yes. Uh, that section, I had, I didn't even realize how powerful it was until I saw mm -hmm. a TikTok and it was like, go search a question and then see related questions. Yeah. Like, I think it was a, a TikTok about like how to get ideas about like what TikToks to make or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I think but it I makes saw sense. one of those too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It makes sense to use that for like, you know, just coming up with mm -hmm. ideas because at the end of the day, I like the, what you said about like, as, like blogging is kind of to give people like answers to their problems and you yeah. don't know what their problems are until you go to that frequently asked section and figure out like, okay, what questions are people actually asking? I right. am constantly in that section. Like I'll Google something and I don't even click on the websites. I go right to that little thing mm -hmm. that gives me the instant answer. You know, like it's just that simple. Like I'll be like, Oh, how old is this actress? And I'll just like go to that section. Cause I'm like, yeah. I don't want to click on this blog post about it. I just want to, <laughs> you know, so I feel like that section is really powerful. So it's really good to pay attention to it. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. I, whenever people tell me they don't know what to write about, it bothers me because you, if you don't know what to write about, you haven't put in any effort, right. To look into what to actually write about, because it is, it could not be easier. All you have to do is go to Google, type in how to elope in California, and you will find about 50 blog topics either in the people also ask section in mm -hmm. the, like when you scroll all the way down, there's like related searches. Even if you just look at like the autocomplete, when you're typing in California elopement, you'll come up with like vendors, locations, there will be Google literally tells you what people search. And that is what you should be blogging about. Because again, Google wants to position content high in the results that are answering the people, the questions people are coming to Google with. Mm -hmm. Are there other things that photographers can do on their website besides blogging that can help with their SEO? Like, are there other strategies that don't involve blogging? Yeah. One of the most, I'm going to try to keep it simple because again, we could go so in depth, but if we do that, you're not going to actually do anything most likely <laughs> from experience. Yeah. Um, one easy thing you can do is add in optimized headings. So headings, if you don't know, um, they're like the big text on your website, right? They're like different yeah. font sizes. They're different colors. They're the text that stands out that you use to like title each section. Um, but they're not just for aesthetic purposes. Google actually pulls information from your website from the headings before it even looks at your body text. Um, so Google pays attention to your headings to try to figure out what your website is about, what a blog post is about, and that's how it's going to put your website into the search results. So you really want your headings, whether it's in your blog post um, or your website, to include target keywords. So for example, for me, 
as a Seattle elopement photographer, I want to be targeting the term Seattle elopement photographer with my website. That's what I want um, to come up in Google when people search Seattle elopement photographer. Um, so I would be putting that into not only my body text, but into like two to three headings on my homepage. Um, because again, Google is looking at your headings before it even looks at your body copies. So for every one of your website pages, go ahead and add like a couple of target keywords that you're trying to rank for in Google to your headings. You don't want your headings to just be like, hi, I'm Cassidy. Hi, I'm Danielle. Hi, I shoot elopements. You want to say, hi, I'm Danielle, a Seattle elopement photographer. Does that make sense? Yes. No, that makes a lot of sense. It's a super easy thing to do that a lot of people don't have. Like I swear if I go to a photographer's website, it most likely does not have any sort of location or target keyword in the headings. And it's so easy. Yeah. And it's super important to do that. Literally just just think about people who like are coming to your website, like potential clients, like not even people who find you on Google, like Mm -hmm. potential clients, they need to know where you are based. Like (laughs) that is such an important thing. Like if I'm searching around your website to see where you're based, I'm most likely piecing out and finding someone else that it's going to be more clear. Cause you don't, you should have to search longer than like 20 seconds to figure out like that is so true where you are. Like if, if for no other reason than helping your clients know where you are, you should be doing this and it will also help Google. Because Google also doesn't know where you are if you don't say it. (laughs) Right. Literally. That's so true. (laughs) Um, Okay. So the last little section of this episode, I wanted to talk about like maybe some mistakes that people are making because we can talk about like strategies and stuff all day, but let's talk about maybe some things that people are doing wrong right now that maybe they shouldn't be doing. And if you have like mistakes maybe you could provide like a solution as well so we don't just leave people like feeling bad (laughs) about themselves yeah and they're like oh cool like how do I fix it so yeah yeah I think that that's a I think that learning from mistakes is a really good way to go so I always teach like common mistakes I see um I think the number one that I see again I kind of mentioned it earlier is thinking that or waiting to publish a blog post until it's perfect um Google is very smart and it does recognize high quality content but it's not like crazy picky. Like your blog doesn't have to look aesthetically amazing. Like Google doesn't look at the aesthetics, right? Your clients, yes, will like an aesthetic blog post. But if you just have text and a couple images, like publish it and you can always go back later. It's not going to mess anything up um, if you make a few changes later on. So don't let that get in the way of you actually hitting publish, um, especially if you hire a copywriter and they give you copy. Uh, it's very common that that copy just sits in a draft and you never actually put it into your blog. So mm-hmm. just don't let that hold you back. Um, another big mistake I see people making is blogging just fluff, kind of like I mentioned earlier, just talking about a love story. Um, again, you really need to be stepping into your client's shoes and thinking through what value they could find from this wedding or this article. Um trying to blog too often. I see a lot of photographers like after they listen to this podcast episode, or maybe they get fired up from like an Instagram story, they go and blog like five times one month and then don't blog again for six months. Um, and that's like, I'm so proud of you that you blogged a few times, but Google really values consistency and quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. So even if it's blogging once a month, set that realistic goal that you will be able to hit and keep it consistent. So you can totally like create five blog posts a month, just schedule them out to like be published once a month instead of all at once, because Google isn't going to see you as like a consistent, like a person creating consistent content. You're just kind of hitting it and quitting it. 
Mm-hmm. That was a weird way to say it. Um, and then I think another big one is um, just, again, thinking that blogging is one size fits all. Like, yes, at the beginning, you'll start off by following strategies and following what Google is telling you. Um, but you do have to get into the practice of adapting that and recognizing what your unique goals are and what your unique audience is looking for, right? Um, mm-hmm. So if you like go to a keyword research tool and you see that, Um, A number that's often taught is keyword volume or search volume, if you've ever heard of that. Um, If you go to any sort of like keyword research tool, it's going to tell you like an estimated number of searches that that word gets. And I think a lot of people place too much value on that. Um, Like some keywords like uh, Olympic National Park elopement locations, that is a super, super specific search. And that might only have like 10 searches a month. And just like there is a formula, like you do want to be kind of looking at these numbers, don't place too much value on it because you know what your clients are looking for and you know that like, okay, maybe this tool is telling me that search volume is really low, but you are only looking for like 10 clients, right? You're not looking for a thousand people. It's like the balance of trying to figure out how niche to make your business and your offers, right? You want it to be broad enough that you're reaching enough people, but you want it to be niche enough that you're reaching the right people. So if any of these tools or anything tell you something that you don't think is right, like, you know, your clients best, you know, your work best. Um, So it is a formula, like there are strategies, but don't let that stop you from hitting publish on something that you think is going to be valuable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like trust your gut almost. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like you, like, yes, Google is smart, but it is technology. It doesn't Mm -hmm. know your clients like you do. Yeah, for real. And I think it's important also to like, not like to remind everyone that like, we are not like employed by Google, you know, like (laughs) you don't have to like commit your entire life to blogging once a month. You know, like it, if you just feel like you can't do it sometimes, like, you know, Google's not going to punish you, Right. you know, like, I mean, yes, it could like hurt your rankings, but you know, other than that, like, just remember, like, it's just not always that serious, you know, yeah, like it's, it's not. And again, don't take if it you too publish a blog that like doesn't have like the most optimized keywords, like your clients are still going to find that valuable. Um, Mm -hmm. Even if, like I always say there's different purposes to blogging, like one blog post might be um, with the goal to rank. One blog post might just be for your booked clients. And so you don't have to put the same amount of effort and energy into like optimizing the one that you just want to send to your clients. Don't have to worry about like optimizing that for Google. So set like a goal for each blog post and know that like know where you need to put your energy for that goal to be met, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to ask you at the end of the episode here, um, do you do Pinterest? I used to, but then I got tired of the algorithm. So I said, I'm going to refer people to Pinterest experts instead of me trying to keep up with it. (laughs) Okay. Cause I was just going to ask you like how you feel like Pinterest relates like in SEO and like, I don't know if you have like any words of wisdom for anyone that you know, just wants to yeah. hit big on Pinterest. <laughs> I think that Pinterest is a such a valuable tool to use in tandem with blogging because if you are blogging, it really doesn't take much effort to incorporate Pinterest into your workflow. You're creating these blog posts with the beautiful images that people are looking for on Pinterest. So all you need to do is create like 
Um, you could create a couple graphics for that blog post. Like if it's a big Sir elopement guide, um, create a pretty like Pinterest graphic and just pin the link um, and use your same like blog post title and description as the pin title and description. Um, okay. Or just like save the images with the little pin button on your blog post. Like if you're creating a blog post, you should be sending it to Pinterest. Because um, okay. Pinterest, while it's not organic traffic, it is such a powerful tool in getting traffic to your website. Mm -hmm. And the more traffic you get to your website, the more Google trusts your website and wants to position you higher. Um, I used to have like in this random couple session I did like my first year in business and I wrote a like probably 200 word blog post about it. Like I didn't know shit about SEO, but I saved the pins to my Pinterest and I like, 90% of my web traffic for the next year was from those pins. So even if you're doing it like not perfectly, like I wasn't still use Pinterest. Um, I think you can use tailwind. That's what I used to use. But mm -hmm. again, I'm not the expert, but like, I know how valuable it is. It's really powerful yeah. and it's really easy to do if you're already creating the blog content. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like those two go very easily hand in hand very. and they're both very much like the long game for yeah. sure like yep, pinterest absolutely. is long game blogging is um you know other social media maybe not so much but yeah yeah I, and again I, pinterest is the other place people like couples getting married are searching besides google so if you can get yourself into both of those you're gonna have mm -hmm. such a leg up yes so true cool okay well this was a really good episode i hope I everyone was forever <laughs> i know i know same i'm like i just want to keep asking you questions I but <laughs> i should just pay for a session from you then <laughs> Um, I hope everyone listening just, you know, feels a little bit motivated to catch up on some blogging, especially because like right now, I'm sure a lot of people have sessions that they've like finished and are mm -hmm. sitting there and need to be blogged, but like, you know, they haven't been doing it, you know, cause yep. you know, we're enjoying our slow season. Um, so uh, yeah, literally, I hope that people listening just kind of feel that like I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. um, but Danielle, I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find, follow you, you know, find all your resources and all of that. Yeah, I'm um, on Instagram. I am at Defy Creative Co. Um, my website is defycreativeco.com. And on my website, you can see all the different things I offer. Um, the big thing I have in the works right now is a course um, that I'm trying to I'm trying to just create like a different course that is unique to the other, I, there are only like two or three other blogging courses out there um, for mm -hmm. creatives, but this is specifically going to be for wedding photographers. Um, and it's going to be really good. So if you follow me, you'll get updates for that. Um, I offer some blogging templates. So these are like $15 each. If you have no idea where to start, I give you a shit ton of prompts and questions to help you actually know what to write. So you're not just writing fluff like we talked about mm -hmm. um and then i do off i have some freebies on my website with like 50 ideas for photographers um the seo anatomy of a blog which you should definitely download it's the basic like terms and definitions um to get you started and then I offer a la carte blogging if you do want to hire it out. It's copy without a contract or commitment. So you can find all of it on my website and my story highlights. I don't post a lot on my feed, but I'm very active on my stories. So yes, I'm everywhere on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I would love awesome. to connect with you all <laughs> yes cool well awesome I'll have um your Instagram and stuff linked in the description um Perfect. but thank you so much for coming on today's episode it was so great chatting with you thank you for having me <laughs> yeah have a great rest of your day everyone expose my mind to clarity 
Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, keep my sanity The wisdom rushing in So 